0: Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey, everybody. How are you? This is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, and this is episode 152. Yes, episode 152. And I'm so looking forward to episode 152, and I hope you are too. We're in for a very special treat with a very special guest. I'll introduce him to you in just a minute, Richard Carney. You can see him there next to me. Richard, proper formal interviews coming soon, but you can say hello. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Thanks, Bob. It's so great to have you on the show Richard but i'm just going to go through my my uh, little housekeeping first, if you will, I always like to say to my. listeners, my viewers any audience members out there, all of you audience members out there, I hope you're happy healthy safe and sound, and this. is being recorded on zoom and what I do is share it then on YouTube I break it up into some short video clips and, of course it is hosted on podbean that's my app that i use to to host my podcast but it's also available wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. so like spotify and and apple and 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 google and wherever quite frankly iheart you name it and podcast it it's so you know i started this podcast a few years ago and It just kind of has a life of its own. And I encourage marketers, and I assume there are some marketers out there on the receiving end of these episodes that I share with you. And I encourage you, if you don't already have your own podcast to start one, because it's a great way to meet your guests and get to know them really, really well. It's a great way to create content. And if you're in marketing, you know what I'm talking about. You wanna put some content out there on the airways, if you will. And it's actually enjoyable. I mean, I just literally, before I hit record, told Rich, once this conversation gets going, it's it's easy peasy, if you will, because we're just two friends talking amongst each other. And we just happen to have an audience that we can't necessarily see and have no idea who you are and how many of you are out there. But I encourage you in marketing to start your own podcast. I started my own blog in 2004, like 18 years ago. I can't believe it. And that was one of the best decisions of my marketing life. And starting my podcast a few years ago was another one of my best decisions. I think it's it's important for anyone who takes marketing seriously, their own personal branding seriously to, to have some signature content that they put out there regularly. And that's where I'm going with all of this, a podcast, a blog, social media, content creation, get after it now. Yes, hey, Richard, now, i'm going to get after introducing you and it's about time that's what you're probably saying that's what my audience is probably saying but yes we are here today with richard connor let me formally introduce him and then he knows i've already clued him in first question is going to be hey richard tell tell the audience more about yourself than what i said in my introduction but here is my formal introduction of richard connor he's a global-minded strategic marketing pro with over 15 years of experience in B2B marketing for organizations, both domestic and international markets. He's currently a senior program director at Medtronic, leading a team responsible for expansion of a surgical product portfolio. Prior to Medtronic, Richard worked in various marketing and product management roles at Honeywell, and he has experience across different industries. His expertise is in marketing and brand strategy, Market research, customer segmentation, new product commercialization, portfolio management, and leading marketing teams. Richard is a Connecticut native and enjoys international travel and obstacle course racing. Wow, that last obstacle course racing is very is you mean running, I think, right? Or i do need i do mean running there's a lot more <laughs>
1: that goes to it but uh running is a big part of it.
0: yeah i was thinking is it driving a car or obstacle course racing but <laughs> as as i asked you that question i was assuming it was running both you and i are runners richard we can talk more about that i don't do the obstacle courses though but um hey so happy to have you here today richard so happy to have you the the star of episode 152 and that was just a formal introduction, I want you to give us the the, the, the uh, unexpurgated version, if you will, anything else that you can tell us about yourself, your background, what you're doing currently, et cetera, et cetera. What brought you to this point in time with me today?
1: All right, well, thanks again, Bob, for having me on the show. It's super exciting to be here. And yeah, I'll share a little bit about myself. I'll start on the personal side. I, as I mentioned, I'm a Connecticut native, but my parents are from the Caribbean. My dad's from the Dominican Republic and my mom's from Jamaica. So my brother and I are first generation uh, Americans and we, we live in Connecticut, I'm married with three kids. My wife, Cecilia is from Peru and my kids are Amara, Alejandra and Andre. So I like to call them my three little angels, but you know, these last couple of years, throughout the pandemic and being stuck in the house they're really kind of challenging that status but um but yeah that's just you know a little bit about my my personal life and then as you as you said I am big into running and more recently into obstacle course racing which I'm sure we can get into but it's you know it's for me it's about balance it's not only about my professional life and work it's also about my family life as well as health and fitness and I believe it's just as important as everything else I you know anybody can do because if you don't get that right it just makes everything else harder so it's uh it's a big part of
0: my life so yeah so that's yeah no richard what you how you just introduced yourself says so much about you as an individual as a human being because you talked about family and you talked about staying healthy and i admire and respect you for that in terms of making that a priority, I agree 110%. And, and, you know, already you made my point when I told my listeners, you know, have a podcast. You learn all about your guests. I didn't know a little bit of what you just said about your family and, and background and your three little angels. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, the pandemic has tested all of us at home and and what we do for work, et cetera etc and running we're gonna get into that you know I won't be able to avoid that that topic but Medtronic I believe is is where you work now do you mind telling us a little bit about what you do in your current role there at Medtronic?
1: Yeah sure so you know actually before I get to, to Medtronic just a little bit more about my career. So you know you had mentioned that I'd worked in marketing for for over 15 years and prior pri- actually prior to that my plan was to go into technical fields, actually go into engineering. And during my time working full-time as well as going to school part-time, I had an opportunity to switch to business and start in marketing. And I've just had a tremendous career growing up in the marketing function and the marketing world uh, over the last 15 plus years. So that's just been, been tremendous in various areas in terms of new product development, in terms of marketing strategy, in terms of uh, product commercialization, so all of that's been that's been a lot of great fun over the years. And then more recently at Metronic, I did start off. I've been with Metronic for about six years now, and for my first five, I was in marketing positions. Uh, for the first year, more so around product development and and business strategy, and then um, mostly on the what we refer to as kind of the downstream side, so product launches, portfolio lifecycle management. Uh, that that type of work, and that's led me to the position that I'm in today, which I've taken a step out of marketing, I would say, and I'm getting more exposure to other parts of the business, kind of leading more so on the operation side as well as the the innovation side of our business. So this is a little bit more cross functional experience that I'm that I'm getting in in my current role.
0: In in Richard, I you know call this. Uh... A marketing show, but uh I think you've listened before and I also told you we don't have to stick to marketing. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna probably steer it in that direction, but we're gonna talk about running and and that's you know, exactly why I wanted to ask exactly what you're doing right now. And and as you said, you're getting a little away from marketing, but your background for the most part is marketing. And hey, how did we meet? I believe it was through the American Marketing Association. So I will have to ask you a little bit about that it's it's been on my mind a lot lately because i'm going to in person, the national conference in a few weeks, three weeks from this weekend to uh, Chicago Um, and I believe that's how we met, but not in person, was it the virtual yeah.
1: Tell tell us about right that's your background
0: in ama because we have that in common. We do, we do. And it's just
1: been a wonderful experience, again, over the last couple of years. You know, I started with AMA just right before the pandemic and kind of got a little taste of that in person and then things quickly went virtual. But, you know, just to share a little bit about you know how I got into AMA, I'll just share first off, one of the descriptions of marketing that I love the most is uh, the description is marketing is creating, communicating and delivering value to consumers. And that's one of my favorite. I know there's a lot of definitions, but that's one of my favorites. And, you know, throughout my career, I've been more focused on kind of that creation and delivering part, not as much on the communicating, which is probably what most people think about, right? When you're thinking about marketing, you're thinking about advertising, you're kind of thinking about that communication. So that's really kind of what brought me to AMA because I felt like throughout my career, there was probably, not probably, there was something I felt like I was missing, a lot of my work had been on the B2B side, not as much experience on the B2C side and really kind of around that communication. And I would say specifically around digital and, and other technologies. So that's what brought me to AMA initially. I started to attend events in our local chapter here in Connecticut. I'm part of the Southern Connecticut chapter and it's been meet the board and the opportunity not only join the board, but lead the chapter as president this this board year, which I have a few months to go in this current position. But it's been an honor and a privilege and a learning experience,
0: quite honestly, uh, over the last couple of years. You know, I forgot that you are president of the chapter right now the the, the Conne- Southern Connecticut chapter. Southern Connecticut chapter, yeah, yeah. That that is phenomenal. Um, I'm a both the past president and a future president of my chapter, the Boston <laughs> chapter. I was president from uh, fiscal year 18, 19, 19, and 20, two years in a row. Then I've been past president for the last two years and recently uh, named president-elect starting in July. I'm president again. I, I love being on the leadership team and-, and and you and I have that in common. How, how awesome is it and a lot of work i admit and i'm sure you would agree but how awesome is it to to be the head of a ama chapter for you know
1: it's awesome for a couple of reasons one is i work with just a wonderful talented group of marketing professionals and i learn from them every day and just to be surrounded by this group It's been just a wonderful experience for me. So that, I mean, number one, out of the gate, I'd say that's that's number number one. Two, this volunteering for an organization has been. I never did I ever think about volunteering for a marketing organization or association, which sounds weird because I've been in marketing for so long. So when the opportunity presented itself. I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, of course, if I'm going to spend my time and volunteer, of course, I, I want to do that for, to for something that I truly love and supports my career. So that's kind of what, what I really enjoyed about being in this position.
0: Yeah. AMA is amazing. And, and I did, um, parenthetically say, sure, it's a lot of work, but I've always said, you, you know, you get out of things, what you put into them. And to me, why not um, put your all into it? Because there's so much more we get in return by, you know, being leaders of our chapters and 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 just being members and volunteers as well. I mean, any I think association with the uh, association with AMA is, is going to rub off in a very very good way on on marketing professionals. Um, you and I, even if it's. After your president, you and I need to uh, um, talk about maybe our chapters doing something together, like a Twitter chat or Twitter Spaces, or I don't know something. We have to collaborate, you know. And that's one of the phenomenal things that this
1: virtual world has brought us over the last couple of years. Is I've seen just tremendous collaboration amongst chapters, and that's you know what the the technology has allowed us to do so absolutely i'm i'm all for it we're we're definitely looking for opportunities to bring the most value to our marketing community and i think collaborating
0: with you know other chapters like boston would be a great opportunity you know about the pandemic and and the the you know s- slight silver linings here and there um if you will um versus the dark cloud that is the pandemic it's been awful and Hard to so many people and 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 taking so many lives and 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 so much sickness and that's sad. Um, Business wise, silver lining. Um, for instance, my podcast—I was doing them all in person, which was great, but it was harder to do, harder to arrange for. And I've done so many now um, virtually, like this, using Zoom, like you and I are doing right now, putting them up on YouTube. That's a a plus, you know, embracing technology. And then our chapters having to go virtual and and pivot and get used to all this technology, I think we all have, and there's some big changes that are going to stick in the workplace, you know, uh, working from home and, and again, embracing technology. There's some positive changes, sure, I have missed being in person and um, we need that, we need that social interaction, but uh leveraging technology learning technology catching up with technology that's been a plus for all of us would would you agree any examples of your own to add to that
1: yeah i 100 percent agree uh, i saw a funny survey i don't know if it's, it was real or not but it was a survey about what's driven technology adoption for for certain products or, or services and one of the options was like COVID-19 and it was the, the biggest percentage bar in, in that survey. Mm. So I, you know I don't know if it's true or not in terms of the survey, but we know it's certainly true in terms of real life and what, what actually happened. So I agree it's definitely the silver lining and some of this will stick and I think it also opens our eyes that there is technology out there that really can help us reach more people or be more efficient and effective in, in the work that we do and,
0: and we need to you know take advantage of that
1: where it makes sense.
0: You know, again, bringing up the national conference I'm attending in three weeks. You talk about you know getting out of it, what you put into it. Sure, virtual was really hard the last couple of years. We made the most of it, um, but it was easy in that we didn't have to <laughs> pack our bags and and fly to some other state and pay all that money to travel. Because <laughs> um, I've just made my hotel and plane reservations in it it's pricey. And <laughs> you know, with the price mm-hmm. of gas, it's especially pricey. And I'll be away, you know, from my wife and kids, you know, for a couple of nights, a few days. And, you know, so that's a sacrifice, but the gain, you know, it, it's just interesting. Life is so interesting and and not to get all profound, but, you know, the gain of being there in person, I can't wait to see people in person and hug some people and shake some hands and, and, and have that stimulation and and speak in front of an audience and be in the audience and the exhilaration, you know. Sure, I'll be wicked, wicked tired. My my, you know. Again, my wallet will be a little bit lighter. Um, is how much it costs. You know, there's pluses and negatives to being virtual. Pluses and negatives to being in person. And maybe again, that that ideal blend going forward is what we all um, embrace. Agreed. Hey. So what about getting away from AMA a tad, but more on marketing? Um, there have been a lot of changes, pandemic included, of course, in marketing. And and let's add social media to that. That falls under the aegis of marketing. I know that more and more people are going digital, of course, or, or being forced to go digital, retail going <laughs> retail. Um, Offline going online and you know what changes have you seen including you know the last two years, probably, especially the last two years, but in marketing over the years you've been in marketing quite a while. Um, you know it, and what changes are not so good and what changes have you seen where it's like wow that's that's awesome that we can do that now and that's a big broad question I realize, but you can go anywhere with that. <laughs> yeah. What
1: changes that I've seen in marketing over the last couple of years because of because of digital? Um, you know, one of the big changes that I've noticed over the last couple of years is I would say the, you know, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, maybe not the awareness, but maybe I'll say it this way. Maybe the awareness of more brands, uh, of folks, brands that you probably wouldn't normally hear about, right? There's an opportunity that... Now that they're they're online and not going through maybe the traditional routes, that you're able to learn about them. And I think that you know for me personally, as a consumer, that's been very helpful and and interesting, but also as a marketer to kind of observe that, that you're not only you're not only seeing kind of the big brands that you're used to seeing through traditional media, but now you're seeing some of these other either startups or smaller brands
0: um, that you wouldn't ha- normally have access to so that that's been really interesting for me for again from both from a consumer and a marketer i think that's a great point not in an answer i in anticipated a very good point that brands are perhaps surfacing uh more and and being perhaps more personable and and putting the faces on their on themselves on their corporate logos and it's like oh hey I I've heard of them before and but never knew that much about them, and now you know thanks to digital and maybe thanks to the pandemic that kind of. accelerated that that surfacing of these brands um, online we get to know them and and i've always said, the more you get to know somebody you like them, you respect them and the more likely you'll be to buy from them so maybe they're catching on <laughs> one way or another to. Um, the secrets of success in marketing um are there any mm-hmm. brands not uh, story of curveball but drilling down even deeper that you could name any brands people that you support or that yeah. you see any examples
1: sure i'll share so you know i'm I'm totally into fitness so I'll i'll talk about this more so from a consumer standpoint so some fitness brands are like noon hydration or shocks headphones and some brands like those where I've never heard of these brands before, right? I mean, some of them are kind of in some of the specialty sports stores, but not really maybe mainstream. Or maybe some of the sneakers, um, some some of the sneaker brands that I follow, like Topo Athletic. Uh, I think like Hoka's are probably a little bit more well-known than some of those yep. other ones. But yep. before any of this, for me, it was Nikes and Adidas. Right. Those are like the the common ones. It wasn't some of these other brands and then same thing for the electronics. So those are some of the ones that just are, are top of mind for me that I'm, I'm grateful for that I've kind of learned about them through, through digital. And that's, you know, maybe one of the things connected with the, the advertising piece is maybe the barrier to entry is lower for many of these brands because they're able to kind of promote in a different way than
0: maybe traditionally. I, I think you're right, and and I love the the, the industry you chose because we're we're both there um, with regard to running and and athletics, fitness. Um, and I agree they are building communities, and and embracing technology, and we feel closer to them as consumers. And that's really smart of them as as marketers. And you know, you mentioned Hoka and and yeah, there's Nike and Adidas and the big, bigger brands, um, New Balance, um, but they're all seeming to to get it uh, at the same time, and and the playing field, no pun intended, is is leveling off a little because of technology and community and personality, as opposed to hey, I just have a you know huge brand name and a huge budget. Um, now it's fair game almost anybody uh, can can win um if, if if you can build those relationships with your audience and and it sounds like some brands are doing that uh, just that with you
1: they are they are and you know they have that opportunity to build the relationship you know on a more personal level than maybe some of the larger brands so that's going to give them, uh, that's going to give them somewhat of an advantage, right? So whether they're doing it through through their own organic channels or they're doing it through influencers, you know, they they have really great opportunities to to get in front of a lot of
0: consumers. If if you were, so you and I have, um, I mean, I have a lot of experience, almost so much experience I'm embarrassed to admit how many years I've been in business. Um, <laughs> so so you are probably right in the prime, if you will, of, of your career. I'm guessing 20 years or so of in business. You said it yourself, 15 years or so. Um, you know, I'm like twice that much. That's how long I've been doing this thing. Um so, so between us, let's just say we we both got a lot of experience. Um what, but things have changed as we're talking. And it's not like when I looked for a job back in the day, um, cutting out the classified ads and you know picking up the phone and mailing resumes it's a whole different world um and it's probably even different than you know yourself 20 years ago or so approximately you know when you looked for your first job or broke into this field what advice you know because things have changed so much i mean new um job candidates uh you know starting out perhaps working remotely or hybrid lee um, what advice would you have for people? Any any suggestions, any any take on that um, topic?
1: Yeah, so if I could repeat back the question, really looking for those who might be starting their career and want to get into marketing or or in the job market
0: in general, you marketing specific, but it could be the job, you know, job getting a good job in general. You know, it's it's competitive, even though I hear there's tons of jobs available out there. I also hear because i'm a uh, you know adjunct professor at the college level and i hear you know it's hard to stand out among the competition for some of these good jobs
1: yeah so i was going to say that before you know our current times where there are a number of opportunities open and i I think uh, either current employees or prospective employees are just thinking about their next opportunity there's a lot of opportunities out there today um, but if you're just starting out in, in this career, you know, I think a lot of the, the traditional ways still um, hold true. I'm looking for first being able to build your brand, right? Knowing who you are and what you're looking for and building that presence uh, online and more important today, right? Through platforms like LinkedIn and so forth. And then building out your, your network there, I think. Those things have been around for a while. I think they're still true today. Uh, if you haven't had true, I would say marketing experience in the past, again, internships are going to to help give you that experience as well as connect you to those prospective employers, right? I think the, the idea is go to be successful in that internship and then find a full-time position with that employer or, or yet another one. So I think a lot of those still hold true. I think, you know, again, the online piece of it is probably more important today than maybe it was in the past and not everybody either thinks about it or is really intentional about that. So you see a lot of conversations online, a lot of courses about personal branding and your, and your online presence. And I think because there's such a need, because not everybody's as intentional as they should be about it.
0: Yeah. You, you mentioned two really, um, I mean, the internship is is very important. I had two or three of them back in my day, and I, I know that's still a thing and and very important. And it's a foot in the door, and and often leads to working at those companies because that, for for those companies, it's it's try before you buy, if you will. They they see the intern working, and they can make that intern a job offer before the competition um, sees them. Um, as as candidates um but you also you know so networking and online networking again we didn't have in my day that that opportunity but the personal branding online linkedin social media in general students can take advantage of that and really get a head start on the competition for a job by you know the linkedin profile is one thing but they can also hey i gave a shout out for the you know, pod having a podcast having a blog do some videos you know have your own youtube channel you could really stand out as a recent college grad looking for a job if you have that whole social media portfolio with the strong personal brand and and i think both you and i agree that that you know so internships and and personal branding and social media absolutely
1: absolutely and you know one more thing i would add and i hadn't really thought about this deeply before but there are opportunities for you to even gain that real world experience even ahead of time because there's so many courses that are available today Mm. on digital marketing and social media as an example and there is plenty of opportunities for you to just test and learn, right, create your own community or uh, just kind of run some of these activities on your own before getting into a nine to five job, which, you know, the kind of the old challenge of, well, you need, you know, you need more experience for this job. Well, how do I get more experience if I I can't get the job, right? Something that folks, employees probably dealt with 20 plus years ago. I think nowadays it's probably a little bit easier to get that kind of you know experience depending on what you want to go in without having that
0: um that formal nine-to-five job yeah take the initiative don't don't be shy um speculative spec creative i used to we used to call it in the industry i think that's still a thing meaning um i've worked at agencies my whole career um, until the last few years and. You know, to win business, we sometimes would do examples of what we would do for the client if they hired us. And and students can do that. They can, you know, pre- present a portfolio to a potential employer and say, "Hey, this is what I would do for you if 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 you hire me," and or make up their own companies, fictional companies, uh, fictitious companies, um, or you know, just summer jobs. Uh, add to what you're doing. With regard to your your job description, maybe um, I'm making this up but you're uh, uh, you know a, a wait, waiter or a waitress or a wait person um, server. I'm looking for the right term um, for those who bring the meals to your table or or what have you. Um, but if you want to break into marketing, why don't you offer on the side to do some marketing for that restaurant or that uh, you know hospitality business, hey, I'll do your marketing for free but can I use it in my portfolio and that portfolio might get me a job down the road as a marketing pro. Um, thinking on the fly here, Richard. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I know. I, I love it. And I love that creativity. And I, you know, and I agree with what you said, you know, about having to stand out. This is a very creative way of, of
0: doing that, you know, so no, I love it. So the running, we have to talk about that before we <laughs> wind down this conversation we still have a few more minutes but i don't want to forget um you and i you know so i'll tell everybody uh full disclosure you had me on your podcast before i had your mine, um and you have a running podcast so i you're the pro at, at hosting a podcast um and and i enjoyed being your guest um but running that's what we talked about that's what we both have in common tell us about we can talk about whatever we want, Richard. So let's let's segue <laughs> into running um long as the audience doesn't mind. Um we might lose a few marketing pro people who are listening and watching, but we may gain. <laughs> I may broaden my audience and, and runners may start listening to my podcast. What what kind of runner are you? What kind of races do you do? What's your training like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we could tie this back to marketing easily. So yeah. we're certainly happy <laughs> to do that as well. To, to keep your listeners um, engaged here. So, you know, personally for me, running is something I started in high school. Uh, I was never really the fastest runner, but I felt like it was a sport that I could do. Uh, I wasn't told completely athletic, but it was something I could do and enjoyed doing throughout high school. And then after high school and into college, I didn't, did not run as much. And I really focused more so on college and kind of starting off my career. And... I did run as part of kind of workouts over the years, but didn't get back into it until about five or six years ago, I got, I would say, deeply back into running with obstacle course racing, as we talked about in the beginning of the conversation. And for me, I would run 5Ks, typically cross country, so either, you know, in trails or on the road. And that was kind of my jam that never really anything more than that at the time and what obstacle course racing really gave me was an opportunity to do something different really kind of challenged me in a different way but also was a time in my life where i wanted to do things that i thought that i could never do and i wanted to challenge myself in different ways and this was kind of the fitness aspect of it i have other non-fitness things that i was doing but these are the things I wanted to do to overcome fears. And that's one of the things I was super excited about getting into obstacle course racing. So I started off with Spartan, uh, back in, I want to say 2018. Since then I've done over half a dozen races, which if you don't know what Spartan obstacle course races are, I, they're usually 5k, 10k or half marathon distance, or even longer. And they'll have obstacles as if you're, I would say like in military training. So you're, you know, climbing over obstacles, you're climbing up ropes, you're drudging through mud, you're you're doing a lot of things that many of us would say is fun. Uh, many others probably not so much. And And I really enjoyed that. I've really been on this kind of track to improve my time and my performance and just my overall health and fitness kind of through that. So that's, that's part of what I've been doing. And then separately, I've been trying to increase my distances. So about almost two years ago, I ran my first half marathon. I did that virtually, which was, which was a lot of fun. And almost a year ago, last October, I ran my first in-person half marathon here in Connecticut in Hartford, which, which was also a lot of fun and and a huge accomplishment. So that's kind of the journey that I'm on is, running these longer
0: races and just improving my overall performance in the obstacle course races. Extremely impressive. Um, Something I have not done at all, as I'm saying that I'm thinking to, in my head corroborate that. And yeah, I have not done any obstacle course races like those Spartans. And I know there are a bunch of others out there and you talk about branding and social media. I quite sure they do a lot of that. Um, and they are building communities and and, and loyalty, et cetera, as marketers. Um, but no, I have not done that. That's wicked impressive, Richard. I mean, I brag about, and I joke when I say brag, but I talk about doing all these races, but they're just running. <laughs> There's no <laughs> hurdles to overcome, no swimming to be done, you know, slopping through mud, whatever you do in those things. Don't you like, <laughs> walk on fire or something? <laughs> have you done that? You do jump over it.
1: You don't walk through it, you do jump over it, but there is fire involved, so which is a lot of fun because you're pretty much at the end at that point, so um, it's
0: a little bit of a celebration. I would love that, um, but I would probably hurt myself so badly I'd never be able to walk again. It, it, <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating a little, but I am getting along in the years, and I, I want to run, I always say, until the day I die, and um, I might... Uh, um <laughs> I don't I don't even want to joke about <laughs> what, what I'm thinking but in doing one of those things I might hurt myself so bad I might not be able to run again um good on you for doing the obstacle course and I think good on those companies like Spartan who, who came up with those ideas because everything I see about them looks so cool and I see pictures I have friends who do those um and you know one of them um and they get great pictures that you mm-hmm. share on social media and that's you doing the marketing for them, you know, do they make you feel good? I mean, does do they treat you well and make you feel like the athlete you, you are, you you know what I mean? The, the, I do.
1: Yeah, I I do. You know what? So I'm not an ambassador or necessarily an influencer for Spartan, but, you know, informally, we all are right. All the racers who are posting these pictures and that ties back into what we were kind of talking about earlier for these brands. And give them that kind of opportunity to get the exposure which was the word i was looking for earlier that you know maybe would be harder to find get otherwise and and of course you know it's it's really great not only to show up at these events and feel the energy with with all the other runners but the the folks who are really working for spartan or volunteers that are running the events they also you know do their best to make you feel special and they yeah. really do their best to show that they care, right? Their their whole philosophy, uh, Joe's philosophy, is to get everybody off the couch, right? So sort sort of kind of like your an intense couch to five k kind yeah. of kind of yep. way, right? Getting off the couch and get moving and get active is is their whole philosophy, and and I'm certainly aligned to that with with my own beliefs. So yeah, it's it's a wonderful time.
0: We are touching on something very important to marketers and brands because any brand or business can market themselves similarly you want to make your audience feel good you want to make them the stars of the show you want your employees to all be marketers if you will so you're all on the same team and making your customers you know giving them an amazing customer experience making them feel heroic and and to the point where they share their experience with their own networks, and then the reach is exponentially bigger of of your you know marketing messages. Suddenly, you know not just those who participated in that obstacle course event, but all their friends, all their family know about it and and they, um like I've been thinking, I want to do this, I want to do this someday. they start saying, I want to do this and they do do this, and that just increases the size of the audience. and any brand of business can do that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I love about Spartan is they are true to their brand promise. And you see it in all of their posts and all of their events and even their offering, the services, right? When I mentioned they want to get everybody off the couch and get moving. Well, maybe these muddy races aren't for you. You look at barbed wire and muddy races, and you're like, yeah, that's not that's not my thing. So they've started up other series that are non muddy series, like their stadium races, as an example, where you're running a lot of stairs, but you're not getting in mud, you're not getting dirty and you're not probably doing some of the things that you would consider maybe a little bit beyond your reach as more of an entry level way to do it. So, you know, I love the things that they're doing is they're not just focusing on one product or one service and say this is this is it they're really expanding it that in a way that's true to their brand promise so you know i I really really enjoyed not only running you know spartan races over the last few years but just kind of being part of the community
0: richard we we especially you have broken down their, their secret to to success and again it's a great case study for for other marketers other brands and businesses um students of marketing spartan um good case study good good story good conversation i'm gonna start to wind it down because we agreed on a certain time that that we would end and we're up against the clock a little bit but let me ask if there's anything i didn't ask uh that you would like to talk about totally um, wide open in terms of anything you want to say to people talk about etc
1: yeah you know the only thing i would say first off thank you again for having me on the show this is really an honor to to be on your show and to talk about marketing because even though i'm not necessarily in the function at the moment it's it's a career that i love um you know marketing has been not something i grew up thinking i would do but as i got into it i realized that there's a lot of elements of it that i really enjoy doing so you know it's an honor for me to be here you know, just one thing I think, you know, that's probably a little bit more specific to my situation versus maybe some of your other guests is, you know, there's a lot of elements to marketing. And I think, you know, when people say marketing, they think one very specific thing, but it it encompasses a lot and it's evolved over the years. So, you know, that's just one thing that that I like to say is that I've, done certain parts of it, you know around like strategic marketing and product management and and so on but very very interested in learning and expanding into into other parts so one last thing i think i would leave with with folks is you know if you're doing one thing within marketing look beyond that what are the other things um, that you could be doing in marketing that could be a benefit to you know you as an individual to your own company or the, you know, your own business or the company that you work for and really just kind of expand um, your thinking around that. So that's one thing I think I would leave folks with.
0: No, that's that's very astute um, advice. And with the pace of change um, today with regard to marketing business life itself, great advice because there's always opportunities Around the corner, um, on the horizon, et cetera, and, and that's what you're saying. Look for them and think outside of the box. I love that. Love that, Richard. How can people, if they want to connect with you, can they find you on social media? How would whats your preferred method of contact uh, for them to find you?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll throw in a marketing term. I segment my online profile. so I, I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me. Um, they Richard S. Connor. Um, and I'll give you my information. Uh, I usually reserve that for all the business, like anything related to marketing and technology or my, my current business. And then I'm also on Instagram and Instagram is more so my, my fitness health and fitness kind of page. So you can certainly find me on there as well. And, um, and I'll share my links. Um, Bob, if you want to include those in the notes.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely will share them with me, please, uh, Richard, and and I'll make sure to promote this podcast on YouTube and on social media everywhere. I'll clip out some of the highlights, and there's been many, and, and, and put those <laughs> out. Um, so practicing what I preach, promote the heck out of this show, um, which has been episode 152 of Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Richard, thank you so very, very much. Thank you so much again, Bob, for having. Yeah, me. no, you've been an awesome guest. I think it's been an awesome conversation, and I, I am, am sure listeners and and viewers have enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, because, as I say to those of you who have ever thought of having a podcast, trust me, it's it's enjoyable and and relatively easy. You Just gotta carve out the time. Um, but if you're in marketing, I encourage you to carve out that time and and be a podcaster, like both Richard and I. And, and look, at we've both been guests on each other's shows now. I think that's wicked cool. <laughs> Thanks again, Richard. Um, Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, episode 152. I want to thank you all for watching and listening. And we will absolutely be back with another episode of Bob Cargill's Marketing Show soon. Bye for now, everybody.